Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. By the way, you're going to have a chance to win cash as part of our basketball championship giveaway. That's in 10 minutes. How much? By the way, we give everything away. You can listen to us for free and on top of that be entertained, hang out with your boys. And win some money. And win money too. And talk trash. What's a good deal? A lot of money. Look, you heard it on the way in. The Celtics come back to beat the Warriors in game one. Jay, you know, here's the media question. Here it comes, Max. We're in the media now, guys. Here it comes. It has to be either or. Don't waffle. Was it, I don't want to hear the word both, not the B word, was it an epic collapse or an incredible comeback? Which one? I'm going to give credit to the latter because it was Jalen Brown. You know, I feel like Golden State has always been one of these teams where they put together runs, but then they kind of disappear at times. Now, we could talk about Stephen Curry's, you know, his rhythm kind of being disrupted by Stephen Curry. I, Steve Curry, I think that's an interesting storyline to pay attention to. Hence, he jabbed Steve Curry at the end by saying, I should play more minutes, play 38 minutes. But it was the way Jalen Brown really took the game over into the third, into the fourth, scored or assisted on 20 of their first 23 points. And I think that allows guys like Al Horford or Derek White to add to the moment. So I'm going to give credit to the latter. But I can easily see how if you're the Golden State Warriors, if you don't win game two, how you're going to be looking at game one being like, yo, you you had it. You win game one. If you lose game two, that's not good for you headed back to Boston. No, it's not at all. And and I, listening to Steve Kerr and his post-presser, it, I felt like, I know we don't want to create this he's nervous, he's scared type of feeling, but I felt like he was he felt something. Mm. You could just, we've never been in this position before, blah, blah, blah. It just feels like he's a little worried right. about possibly falling to 0-2. I don't think they will, me personally, because I think they collapsed in the end more so than Boston just really wrecking shop and taking care of business it? in the fourth quarter. Sure. You want to hear Steve Kerr? Absolutely. I want to hear Coach. This is what Absolutely. Key's talking about. Listen if you detect <laughs> listen to see if you agree with Key and you detect fear in Steve Kerr's voice post It's a different feeling. Obviously you go into game two with uh, you know more of a sense of desperation. Um, but that's all part of this stuff. You know, we've uh, we've been in this position before and um, you know, we've won series where we've where we've lost uh, the first game. Um, you know, you just uh, we've 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 won a road game, at least one road game, and I don't know how many consecutive series. Um, so you always kind of assume you're going to have to win on the road. See, it's like he's trying to justify mm-hmm. the loss. You know, that's what it sounds like to me. But hey, what do I know? No, you you know what you know, Key. I mean, here's the thing that's kind of fascinating to me about this is, you know, we talked a lot about would Boston be nervous? First NBA Finals, young crew. You look at the minutes of experience, right? Like, you know, Golden State, obviously, we're at their core. But, you know, it was also the first NBA Finals for guys like Otto Porter and Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole and Otto Porter led their team in plus-minus last night on the negative side. Jordan Poole, minus 19, Otto Porter, minus 18. So Jordan Poole looked like he was playing really, really fast. Like nothing seemed like it really came that easy. And he doesn't bring defensive value. That's what I'm saying at all. So, 
And they didn't target Stephen Curry as much. But, you know, Max, to your bigger point, and that is something we have to pay attention to, right? Obviously, Steph Curry blitzed them in the first quarter. You know, scored 21 points in uh, 20, I think 20 points. They only scored 13 points in the rest of the game. But as the game becomes more physical, as Boston settles into the game and they pay attention to detail and they don't lose him in transition, they don't lose him on miscommunication, they stay attached, they communicate, they push him off the block. Those other pieces, similar to what we talked about with Boston, right? Jalen Brown, Al Horford, Derek White, when Jason Tatum has an off game, Who's picking up the slack no, for got, Golden State? You bring up Derek White. When Steph got hot, he had open looks. When Horford no, was hitting threes, have, oh, not looks. every look is going to be open. open looks. He had good looks, Jay. He had guys who were kind of putting a hand up in his face because they had to get open. But, like, he had nice looks at the basket during that hot streak. Horford oh, had during the hot streak. Yeah, no, yeah. he had no, wide I mean, open looks in the right, beginning. Right, right, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. When he got hot. When Horford was hot, he had open looks. Dre was sagging, right? Off him. When... When the one guy in that game, to me, who hit shots where he w- did not was white, what like what a pickup for them. And this dude is like when we were listing who are the most important players in this series, right? There are like fifteen dudes you could pick. But last night that dude's a candidate. Yeah, but you also have to remember too. You're talking about the offensive side of ball. I mean, he came in early in that second quarter, and one of the things, like, you know, they switch everything, but he fought through a lot of screams guarding Stephen Curry and did not switch. Right, right. So you only switch like. And Kay, I'll say this to you because we thought I, I was a switcher. Okay, I'll be honest with you. Like, I will only play defense. This time, I can't with Key. <laughs> Defensively on the basketball court. Clarify for Key. Because I would want to say, say I, but your look, say, your look says everything. I hate Zampy you. Dextrous is what he meant. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, that's correct. He's nasty. Yes. I didn't All say anything. <laughs> It didn't come out of my mouth. All I'm saying is there are times defensively where you get tired. You're like, all right, you see it coming. Switch. There it is. It takes effort to be like, no, I got it. To go I'm through gonna, the screen. Yeah. And, oh, go through. It's, it's oh, yes. much, down, it's around, much easier around. to switch. No, I, no, White, no that's like, what a pickup. And, like, when you think about what Marcus Smart does, White can do the same thing for you. They, they, listen, I'm, so I'm not saying that the Celtics aren't very deep and aren't excellent and made adjustments and all this. The thing I'm saying about Steph is, and he's one of the greatest players of all time, yes. and, he's, and he's the greatest six foot three or under player of all time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. I'm just saying when I hear Jay Will, and he's not the only one, but yes. he's a, one of the first saying, when all is said and done, this He'll dude's going to be in the top ten. I, mean, I, need, I need to see before he's on my top 10 but, some but fourth quarters in the finals we're at not, home. We're not saying he's in. He's going to get all there. all said and done, he's going to be in. I think he will be. Yeah. I have confidence that he'll get it done, yes. but now I need to see him get it done. But the only thing is... Like, and, that's it, okay, and, that, and that's okay after so, one game. Max is fine that you feel that way. But it's 15, 16. But like, he's you know. going to get it done. He didn't. He, it wasn't because of him they lost. Can we please take some calls? Because I'm curious what other people have to say about this. Dave yes. in Rockaway Beach. You're on with Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? What's up, Dave? Hey. Rockaway! Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, first of all, the Scalabrini line, he said, I'm closer to LeBron James in talent than you are to me. And by the yeah. way, that's, that so, the that that's so true. Dave, I butchered it, but it doesn't matter. You got the gist. <laughs> and, but by the so way, hilarious. what Scal said is so true. He's so much closer to LeBron than the normal yeah. person is to him. Hold so on, much hold on. Closer. Dave wants to finish. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah. Finish your point. <laughs> no, second part, what, I don't, what's this axe to grind you have with Steph Curry? None. I have no I axe I just don't understand. You even said, I remember you said, 
with the fate of the universe and the earlier the point in the death beam, you'd rather Iguodala take the an shot, open shot than yeah. Curry. An open shot, because Iguodala does not. Iguodala in the big moment has been money. He's like, here's what I look for. I'm not. Steph's the greatest shooter of all time, right? Hold on, hold on. Steph's the greatest shooter of all time. I'm not going to be honest on this show. No, but just because you said it, you know, four years ago, doesn't mean that you still have to hold on to it. Time out. Now you're right, and Steph started turning a corner to me against Toronto in the finals. You can change your mind. It's been like five years. Too often, I have seen Steph when it comes to shooting and making shots late in important clutch games in the finals not be himself. That means something to me. There are some dudes that goes in every sport. Reggie Jackson in the World Series. When it comes down to it, three home runs is, is on three there, different is there, pitches. Is there, a dude on this team that, is there a dude on this team that you'd rather take the shot down the, down the clutch? Obviously, me at the free throw line. <laughs> I want Iguodala. But, Iguodala. but it's not an axe to grind with Curry. I just re, I'm not scared Max, to tell you, you walk, the truth Max, even when it's Max, unpopular. It's your, it's your opinion. There's nothing wrong no, with that. No, Kim, Max opinion. walked into the studio and said the first thing he said to me. He's like, Jay. I hate to do this today. No, what I said was I hate going through this today because I know we're going <laughs> to oh, go round and round. Yeah. Look, it, it, I don't look, have the energy for it. All great players <laughs> have something that people are going to gripe about. It's just it, Jay Duke. They griped about you doing something. Yeah, they gripe about me in the NFL doing something. That's just what it is. They gripe about LeBron, Michael Jordan. Any it, when you play professional sports, you're going to have somebody. That's not satisfying. Key, when the ball's coming to you yeah. with the game on the line, yeah. I never got the feeling that you were going to be a lesser version of yourself. I got the feeling you would at least be yourself or maybe even be a better version of yourself. There are some dudes who establish a certain baseline, and it's I, very I, high. I, look, man. But when the pressure comes, it's not as high. Look, That's man, what I'm pointing out. I want Reggie Miller pulling the trigger. I no want, doubt. I want Steph Curry pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. I, I want uh, LeBron James pulling the trigger. Wait, you want Steph in the first quarter or the fourth no, quarter? No, I want him. I want him when we need, when it's all said and done. I want him all the time. I want him all the time. By the way, I'd like him to hit it. I want Michael Jordan. I want Kobe Bryant. I want all them dudes pulling the trigger. But the difference is, Michael Jordan, you know, is going to be bare minimum. His normal self, no matter when. I don't know till it goes in. Yeah, but you saw it. Throughout and his I've career. seen Steph's do it too. Not in the finals, late in games, Key. Not yeah, usually. He might, yeah. I'm not, by the way, I, I don't you, take I, pleasure in saying it. I just have to point it out because it happened and people act like it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Look, last, last night at home, fourth quarter, he went crazy in the first quarter, hit every shot. Fourth quarter, nothing. Second half, he was one for six. Wasn't the fourth quarter, it was the second half. Yeah, but fourth quarter, he, did, he missed a little chippy. I mean, it was, the game was over by then. His legs were shot. I get it. I, I, I believe that Warriors will win the series. I believe Steph will come up big. That hasn't happened yet. One game. So now there are however many left. I hear it's just hard when he has 34 points, and even though he didn't play great down the stretch, there was really nobody else in the supporting cast to, to uplift him during that run. Okay. And you can make if he some, had Jalen Brown, maybe he wins. And you can make you know a lot of assessments around some of the the timeouts, the timing of the timeouts for Steve Kerr about trying to stop the run. Can I flip this on you guys for a second sure. though? Why is it that when it's so glaring, Steph's Steph's issues at home in finals games in the fourth quarter? Why is it that you could say, "Oh, Max, you're so quick to point it out," but why is Max, it that, so that you're that everyone's glossing over it or trying to ignore it or focusing on other stuff. Don't you think if it was another player, you might focus on that part? To me, it feels like Steph is very likable. He's easy to root for. He's a super great player. He's done incredible but that things. Ain't, that ain't but well, people I'm pushing don't, back on it, yeah. though, Max. I'm pushing back on it because even though he may have had a game or two in the finals throughout the eight, or the six finals that he's been in or whatever the number is, 
it's not like you make it sound like is every single final game that he plays in that they lose in the fourth quarter or he played in, he doesn't show up, and that's not true. And, Max, what happens is the conversation becomes the theme about the entire game, whereas me as an athlete, I know that's not the theme of the entire game. There are so many other nuances that were massively important in the game. Guys, no doubt, but you bring up Jalen Brown, and, and when you do, you take pains to point out the momentum, the feel of the game. Forget the box score when they needed yeah, it. Yeah, because I know what type of conversation. But then that conversation that Jay's having about Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown may not show up for the next three games. Now what? Yeah, I'm just saying it points out the importance of those moments. And it points out the importance because now we're talking about all the great things that Jason Tatum did do. You think if Jalen Brown didn't play that way and they lose like that, you're like, yeah, you know, Jason Tatum had 13 assists, but look at this, look at the numbers. Like, it, the conversation's Peyton in Manning, that direction. Alex Rodriguez, um... I'll give you someone else who was no good early under pressure as his, as this Clayton Kershaw. They had to eventually come through when it mattered most. Not just that their team won, but they contributed under pressure. To me, Steph Peyton is not Manning, in that category, but, Manning, but he's closer look, to that category though, than he ought to be. Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning was going up against the New England damn Patriots and Willie McGinnis and Teddy Bruschi and Lawyer Malloy and Ty Law and Ted Johnson and all that. He also was going up against the Jets and, the didn't score, and didn't score a point. But the Jets had his number with a good defense in Herm Edwards. But all I'm going to say to that is eventually he got over the hump. Yes. And he went to the Super Bowl and he took care of business. Eventually, but he had to do that before you give him credit for it. But Seth has three rings now? Steph is not in that category exactly. Because his brother is Seth and he plays the same thing. Hey, Keith, I'm not putting Steph in the Kershaw, Peyton Manning category quite or the Harden category. I'm saying he's closer to that than he ought to be. I'd like to see him have big fourth quarters at home in the finals. I'm with you on that. and I'm not making excuses for Steph Curry. He obviously, Max, you and I have talked about this. He needs to show up in a big time way during the series against the defensive player of the year and a team that has switchable pieces to guard him. It'd be one thing if I didn't know how to shoot, then I shouldn't be talking this way about Steph, but the guy that was at form. the guy that was at the, on the sideline the other day wanted me to tell you you can't shoot because of my perfect form. I, I'm allowed to talk like this. Time to give somebody some cash as part of our basketball championship giveaway. Today's winning word. Listen to this, guys. Legacy. Make sure to text it to seven 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 zero 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 seven 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 zero 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 three sevens three zeros. For the chance to win $1,000, text LEGACY, L-E-G-A-C-Y, to 777-000. Message and data rates may apply. Want another chance to win? Listen to Game 2 on ESPN Radio of the Basketball Championship broadcast this Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern for a chance to win even more cash. Let's do it. Hanif, am I saying your name correctly? Pronounce your your, uh, name for us in Jersey. Yeah, honey, you said honey. it correctly. Okay, cool. What's up? What up, Neve? What's going on, kid? What you got to say? <clears throat> so, the thing I wanted to point out last night, I noticed that the Celtics were literally beating up the Golden State Warriors. There was a play where Jalen Brown pushed off of Steph Curry, folded Steph Curry in half to spring himself open for a layup. Mm-hmm. If that continues to happen, what do you guys think this series is going to look like? I mean, look, if they continue to be as physical with Steph that way and you don't get the production, I I think the thing last night, too, that people are missing is, you know, we we gave a lot of credit yesterday to Klay Thompson coming back, and Key and I got into this whole thing because Key didn't really see a difference in his game. And for me, him going against 
athletic wings. It's almost um, L. Duncan made this statement uh, the other day on the show where she was like, it feels like the Golden State Warriors are the millennial version where the Boston Celtics are the Gen Z version, right? The younger, faster, more pop to their step. Yesterday to me, Clay Thompson, it was like, yeah, that, that's a step he's been missing. That's what you see, right, to a degree. And you're not getting that production from Jordan Poole. Wiggins was okay. But, like, when you see Steph carrying the load like that offensively, he can do it, but he wasn't able to do it against the athletic ability, and that's going to be a problem for Golden State if they're not getting that second punch coming from somebody else. Nick in New Jersey. Good morning. Hey, guys. All right, a couple things. When it comes to Steph, right, I, I Max, you got a point. I'm not entirely on your side, but you got a point about Steph coming up big. We do need that big, that clay 37-point quarter. Signature moment. We need that in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So here's my thing. If Steph – I think there's a little bit of uh, uh, not nervousness, but you, we all Steph knows what the, the, the commentary is about his career. He knows what's going on. I think that's why he came out the way he came out yesterday. I think you also saw nervousness in Tatum. I saw, you know, Clay. I don't know what happened to Clay, but my point is this: if Steph can do what he did in the first half, and then Clay can step up like he's supposed to, Jay, you said Poole was playing way too fast. Mm-hmm. He was forcing it. Yep. If these guys can carry the load while Steph can take the breather in the middle quarters, that go. allows him to do what he's got to do in that last minute in the last, you know, four or five minutes of the game. Brother, you're so right. And, and, and that's what we talk about, right? Like, if you have those guys that create a little bit of an attraction and are able to see the ball go in, it then opens up the floor for Steph to do a little bit more. It uh, just by helps. the way, I'll defend Steph now, okay? Here's a defense of Steph. The reason he's the greatest 6'3 or under player ever, the game selects out for size. There's a reason that all the other greatest players, other than Jordan and Kobe are over six foot six, right? In the top 10. And Steph, it'd be one thing if he, if he slacked on defense. He's not a good defender, but he is a present active defender. He puts effort in on that side of the floor. So when you're that size and you're doing so much on offense and you're active on defense and you're moving without the ball, you need some help. It's also, though, when you're, when you're, <laughs> when you're seeing those pieces switch up on you and one piece is 6'4", the other piece yeah, is 6'6", six, another piece is 6'8", and they're all interchangeable. Like, you know, Steph starts getting a little bit quick with his dribble and he starts trying to create stuff, and that, that becomes a little bit difficult for him at times because you need other people to carry the slack with you. And it'll change your shot trajectory as well because you got them longs in front of you versus the itty-bitties. I mean, I'd like to see a little more. Think, here's the thing about Isaiah Thomas, Okay. Whatever, wherever you want to put him all time, whatever, Isaiah had a certain kind of dog in him when it mattered, when he was hurt late in games, where I always felt like, damn, this dude is about Isaiah's it Isaiah's handle was different, though. Isaiah's handle was, it was different. And it, it was, was tighter, compact, and he had that shot. He can shimmy all that. But it was Steph- also a different game, too, yeah, Jay. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, it was, it was a different type of game. You're saying easier for Isaiah? No, it was just a different type of game. The game wasn't the same as it is now. Steph is looking to get up shots constantly. Isaiah was looking to get up shots, also looking to facilitate. It was just a different My memory of Isaiah, I'd have to go back and look. But my memory is if you needed 30 from him and he's on one leg, if you needed 15 in the fourth quarter, that's what he gave you. Zeke had the ball in his hands way more. Yeah, he's a true point guard. True true point guard. It was a different game. Eric in Boston, you're on with Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. What up, E? you know Eric from? How are we doing, boys? Good morning. Good morning, Eric. What up, man? So, Al Horford, crazy game, obviously. 
We don't expect him to do that on the offensive end every single game. But come on, his defense has been crazy all postseason long. There's no denying that. He's been a crazy trade asset. And I don't know. I just think he, if he plays like that, which I don't think is going to happen every game, no, but every game he plays like game. that on offense, it's a win. No, it won't It won't happen every game. But when you got veteran players in sports that know how to play the sport, you all, that's why they like veteran guys. You get to the playoffs, you see these old wizards playing, and you're like, why is he playing? Because yeah, right. he knows how to play the game. He knows how to play professional basketball, and eventually he'll come back to earth. And if you give him a good look, they're giving him wide open looks. I mean, he's going to knock yeah, it out. Yeah, they'll make an adjustment and say, well, we can't do that, and that's when he comes back to earth. Well, a lot of those little things are, are too, like when you push the ball in transition, there's a need for a lot of the bigs to come back and protect the paint, and Al Horford always kills you in secondhand transition or off those pick and rolls when you, when you, when you blitz. Dre touched on that. Draymond Green touched on that post game. Are you a franchise quarterback? If your franchise is trying to trade you, is that possible? Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Jason Tatum's 13 assists in his finals debut is the most all-time, not tied with anyone. The number one highest total of assists in a finals debut in NBA history. Doka was smart to talk to him ahead of time. Hey, if you're not scoring, you can contribute in other ways. All right. Meantime, we have the great Ryan Clark with us to set things off right here. RC, what's up? What's up, my man? How you doing? How are you feeling? What's happening? <laughs> what's up, guys? Listen, I'm working a lot less than you guys are right now, so I'm doing all right. Yeah, it's true. Everyone's working a lot less than <laughs> us, Key, I think. That's nah, all right, man. Enjoy your vacation. You need it, Ryan. You work hard. <laughs> so, RC, Cam Hayward. Uh, set on the Mina Kime show featuring Lenny, the following. This is an active player, a top defensive lineman. The following about Tua Tugavailoa. L- listen to this. I just think their offense, you know, they were so ready to trade Tua, um, and now it's turned into, oh, he can lead the franchise. Um, I don't know how that works, but, you know, it doesn't sound like that's going pretty good. What do you think, RC? <laughs> One, I love that I, I, I watched Cam as a rookie, 
and know how far he's had to come in being comfortable with Cam to actually say that. So that's the first thing. Uh, people see guys like Key who come in first overall pick, all of those things, like they kind of have that leeway early. We don't hear this from a lot of current players unless they're comfortable in their own skin. But I think he, he feels the way a lot of players feel. You know, they, they know that the Dolphins have been rumored with Deshaun Watson uh, forever. And I think in understanding that and knowing that they were willing to trade away Tua Tungvaloa and, you know, also knowing that Tua Tungvaloa hasn't achieved this great success on the field or on the grass in the NFL, I think people kind of just feel it's rhetoric. People just kind of feel that what's happening in Miami are the things you're supposed to say. And people who play the game also know this. You're supposed to complete all the passes in OTAs. The passes are supposed to look good on air. They're supposed to look good in seven-on-seven. You should be able to throw the football when you know no defensive lineman can get within 15 yards of you. Like, all of those things are are, are what OTAs are. And so for Tua to be like, did you video the last one? Look pretty much it was on the money to me. You're the fifth overall pick, dude. You're supposed to be the throw ball right now. But – yeah, it's what crazy defensive when you put does, it like that, right? Like being yeah, super yeah, defensive. Yeah, like what this team does in September is what's going to matter. Can you push the football down the field to Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson, then that's what's going to be important. I'm sorry, not Cedric Wilson. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Mike Gusecki, then, and that's what's going to be important. Look, RC, you, you're an SEC country guy, right? You, you, you're in that, that part of the world. You watch Alabama. You watch LSU all mm-hmm. every single year. But see, when he was coming out for me, I never felt like Tua was that guy. I understand the hype around him. He went to Alabama. Oh, my God. He threw the pass to Devontae Smith in the championship game against Georgia. Right. He's born again. Oh, this guy's going to be great. <laughs> I never bought that. That never. Right. Well, and then when he got to the Miami Dolphins, I'm like, okay, he's a serviceable guy. Now they go out there and they upgrade at the skill positions for whatever reason, for whatever quarterback to help him. But mm-hmm. but what I'm hearing from my sources in Miami is that the guy at the number two spot is Teddy Bridgewater, who actually is throwing the ball better at OTAs. Could it could it be a situation where Tua's not for long and give way to Teddy? You know what? I don't think Tua's going to have a long leash, though, Keyshawn. Um, if he does play well, if the team is playing well, then obviously you want the young guy to have the position because you want him to go forward in the future and be your franchise quarterback. But when you go out and make the changes that they've made, when you add the running backs that they've added as well, you bring in Mike McDaniels, who you know is going to be that, 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 that zone scheme to the play-action pass type of coach, you want to, it to pay dividends early. You want the football in Tyreek Hill's hand. You want the football in Jalen Waddle's hand. And you want it there right now. And you want it in positions – you know, that allow your team to have explosive offensive plays. And so I, I agree with you, uh, Key, that if, if, if Tua Tungvaloa doesn't play well early, if he isn't a reason that they are winning, I believe we can see Teddy Bridgewater. But I also know that's a hard, a hard call to make because Teddy has really turned into a journeyman quarterback and, and not in the sense of what we've seen from a guy like Ryan Fitzmagic who just retired but from a, a standpoint of Teddy seems to be, no pun intended, the ultimate bridge water quarterback. 
And so they'll be have to they'll be looking for another QB if Teddy's played. So I know they're going to hope that Tua Tagovailoa does everything he can with these new players on the outside, protection in Connor Williams, Teron Armstead, uh, that were added in free agency to help this team get to the playoffs. Ryan, we had Dan Graziano on the show with us earlier this week. We had like this bold prediction uh, topic that we did, and his bold prediction was that Trey Lance would lead the 49ers to winning the divisional title. And and I get it. Trey Lance, they gave a lot to get him, and everybody is, like, pushing Trey Lance to be the guy when Jimmy mm-hmm. G is still there, and he's not up for trade as of right now. Could he, Trey Lance, take the job and lead them to the division title? You know the only thing that makes me say he can is that I watch Jimmy Garoppolo do it, and I don't think much of Jimmy Garoppolo. Right When we look at the San Francisco 49ers and their success under Jimmy Garoppolo, not much of that is attributed to him despite the difference in the record of when he plays and when he doesn't. When you think about the Super Bowl, everybody goes back to the Emmanuel Sanders missed post route that was wide open and say, you know, maybe 20 30 to 31 quarterbacks make that throw to San Francisco 49ers. That's my, that's my go-to, Ryan. I go back to that every chance. If you would have just hit that, he'd have a $300 million deal. <laughs> no, he really, he really would. It changes your perception of him. And, you know, also we think about last year, you know, you beat the Green Bay Packers because you play great defense and you block a punt, not because Jimmy Garoppolo plays well. The Los Angeles Rams, when it was time for Jimmy Garoppolo to become a guy who can win a game, they put pressure on him. He throws the football dang near behind his back uh, for an interception to seal the game. And so, but RC, RC, before you before you rush past that, isn't it interesting though? When the like, if he's so, if he's just mediocre, then his replacement level dude should approximate what he does. But they lose like three out of every four games they play without him, and they win three out of every four games with him. And the last two times he was healthy, they were a throwaway from winning the Super Bowl, and he got past Aaron Rodgers. He he played better than Aaron Rodgers down the stretch and to get to the NFC Championship game. Isn't that something? Yeah, Max, and that and that's why I'm saying like. I want to say Trey Lance can do it because of certain things I feel about Jimmy Garoppolo. But then when you look at the whole of it, it's kind of like, can he? Mm. Right? Like, because we haven't seen other quarterbacks with exactly the same people Jimmy Garoppolo is playing with do that. Now, we're expected that Trey Lance is more talented and have a, has a more elite level skill set than the other guys that were backing up Jimmy Garoppolo. But when you think about the way he played last year, also only having one game uh, preceding uh, his draft um, to the, the, the San Francisco 49ers in his last year in college, Trey Lance hasn't played a lot of football. Trey Lance didn't look like a world beater necessarily when we saw him last year. You know, he didn't look like Justin Herbert rookie year, Joe Burrow before the injury. And so I think it's still – up for debate if Trey Lance can lead this team in the same way Jimmy Garoppolo did. And, you know, Key mentioned, you know, that Jimmy G is not necessarily like up for up for trade. And I think that's a large reason why. That is a great Ryan Clark. Ladies and gentlemen, RC, always great talking to you. Oh, man, y'all have a great day, brother. Go on back on that big yacht and go fishing, man. Everyone, everyone in the world taking it easy except for Key and me and Jay. Tune in to an NL Central battle tomorrow as the Cubs host the Cards. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Coverage begins at 12.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. How the Celtics won. How'd they do it without, you know, kind of what you're expecting, scoring from your best player? That's next on ESPN Radio.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. A couple of uh, significant retirements from the NFL, a couple of them. Frank Gore, who's knocking people out, boxing and stuff, and then oh. also, it feels like, I still think he's somewhere getting three, four yards on a carry. I, I and, have no and, idea, Max, why you would play football for 16 years at that position and running back, then go get your head beat in in box. The violent this, dude. I, I get it. Go, you, you should be tired of being violent. You know, it's funny, Frank Gore, my impression of him in college is I don't know if this guy will stay healthy, right? And then he plays for 16 years. Six, 16 years, 16,000 yards, third all-time leading rusher in NFL history. Because remember Miami? Averaging about 4.6 yards a carry. Remember how many running backs they had yeah, and they like had he was hurt one the year? And, they, had, yeah. they, had, they had them like stacked behind yeah, each other. Yeah, And he goes on, he's, a, he's basically played a Hall of Fame career because he didn't win championships and do all of that stuff, but the longevity, the miles on his body at that position, he's a Hall of Famer. He may not be a first ballot, but because of all the success that he had, he's a Hall of Famer. I remember once telling Stephen A. he's a, like, like Adrian Peterson, if he can keep playing, then his luck, he could be a souped-up Frank Gore, and he went crazy. Everyone told me I was crazy, but Frank Gore was excellent for Frank Gore was so solid. long. I mean, he played for 16 Forever. years. I mean, what about Fitzmagic retiring? Well, I thought he retired before he retired. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, obviously the evolution of the beard for him was a big deal because he went from baby face Looking to like Conor McGregor. a caveman yeah. by the end of his career. And look, he was, a, he was a glorified backup that made a bunch of money in the league. He deserved it. But he was like bamboozling teams along the way. You know what he shows me? Take some shots, man. Fitzpatrick could get a shot, and he'd be like, whatever, I'm going to take some shots. So he'd have a couple big games, and he'd start turning the ball over because, you know. And then they got a bench him, and then somebody signs him. Yeah. Give him another. He has a couple good games. Somebody says, well, you know. That's the way the him. offense is supposed to look with and, him. Yeah. And then he gets hurt. They bench him. <laughs> he goes on and signs with somebody else. They give him a whole bunch of money. That's the way to live, man. The backup quarterback role in the National Football League is the best role in the history of sports to me. The yeah. backup quarter, because you don't have to do anything. There's, there's one role that's, to me. Which one? It's, in baseball, it used to be called a loogie, a lefty who just comes in to get that one lefty a night. And you could pitch for 20 years and make like three, four million a but year for 20 years. that's not anymore. Yeah, no, it's the not same the same. Thing, no. what, what, was the guy, what was the guy that was around that played for basketball for the Bulls that was the, the uh, hang-on guy for, for uh, Rodman? Uh, the guy who used to always run around with Robin, everywhere Robin, he was like the with basically. Rob, Robin for the yeah, Bulls? Yeah, he was just the guy at the end of the bench. Not Luke Longley. No, it wasn't him. What the hell's that guy's name? Center? He was a center. White a, guy. A they, white center. Yeah, the white. Not was oh, yeah, you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> Haley, Jack Haley. Was it Jack Haley? No. Uh, oh, God, what was his name? All right, well, all right, well. 
the Boston Celtics come up with a 40-point fourth quarter and a stunning double-digit comeback. I'll give them credit. They had us on our heels. They made a good push you know, to start the fourth, and they kept that momentum. And look who is here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max in studio with us, Tim Legler, who's going to give you the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Up, Legs? What's happening, man? What's going on? Well, what's happening is yeah. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max won the two-on-two tournament against uh, Barton Hahn the other day. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. See my I, perfect free throw shooting form? And I saw the court when I walked over here yesterday, and I was hoping. They go, is that permanent? They get rid of that thing, that court that's outside. They put it up, and they take it down. They yeah, put it up. They take it, it down. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, hey, I can go out there and you know, get, a, get some shots up between workouts, but I think the dog, the dog park people are very upset <laughs> because they took away their dog park out there. So I don't know how long that court's going to last. By the way, it's so funny. We were talking about scouting. Labrini earlier saying, um, I'm much closer to LeBron than you are to me, right? And he's so much closer to LeBron than the average guy. And, and people talking about scoring on Jay or, or, or J.J. Redick. Tim Legler. J.J. Stephen Redick. A. Smith was talking J- about right, scoring right. on me. Jay Will. And J.J. Redick. It's not like an average I, I, Joe has no yeah, shot. I had the same look that you have on your face right it's now. Because so literally, I know it's on his show it and his platform. It's so like, I'll score one. I'm like, you will not be able to put the damn ball on the no, ground. What they, you know what they look at, Legs? They look at injured, <laughs> older, hadn't played for a long time. And they just go, yeah. They don't peak. Professional what Tim Legler is going to do to a normal person. Hold on, real quick. I had a bellman at a uh-huh. hotel in Times Square. I went to do countdown right every week, and a uh-huh. bellman, a bellman, a young kid, every week. <laughs> Ooh, I can look me, at you. He'd help, me, you up. he'd help me with my bag, and every week he'd say, hey, "Man, I'm a, I, I got you. I'm, a, I'm telling you, I'm gonna break your ankles." I listened to this for six months. Finally, I stopped and I said, "Hey, man, man, listen to me, man. Listen, real quick. I've been cool to you. I've been listening to this for a long time." I said, Here, "Here's the deal. Here's here's my game got me to, to a ten year NBA career. I've now got a <laughs> I got a I got a career in broadcasting doing it. I'm getting ready to go one of the best clubs in the city. I ain't what's waiting in line. Your game got you to the point that every week you, you help bags, me with yeah. my bags and I give you five bucks when we get to the room. And you know what? He never said another word to me. Sometimes you just gotta let." Let them know. Look, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, you're not arrogant about your game, but come on, man. Yeah. Come on, Jay. Oh, I know. That's disrespectful I, to you, man, for the yeah. people to say. It's just crazy. It's yeah. crazy talk. But it's going to go viral when it happens, though, because I'm going to bust his ass. <laughs> Here is Jason Tatum, who didn't, I mean, he was struggling with a K to score. Struggling. But, but, but yeah. set the all-time record for assists in a finals debut. All-time. Anyone ever. 13 assists. Here's Jason Tatum on that experience and what it means going forward. We're in the championship. We're in the finals. Uh, you know, all I was worried about was trying to get a win. Uh, and, and, and we did. Uh, and that's all that matters at, at this point. So, uh, you know, I don't expect to shoot that bad again. But if it means we keep winning, I'll take it. What do you think? Love the answer, and I think you think about the difference in narrative here, okay? So this is a young guy getting to the finals for the first time. Did anybody say going into the series, man, I wonder if Jason Tatum's going to be finals MVP? Like Steph Curry's been hearing that for the last five days, right? And just the narrative is weird. Because he's been there so many times, he's in his 30s, you think well, he should have won one by now. For Jason Tatum, the answer is perfect. Doesn't matter now, man. It's a race to four, and they got one, and that's all he cares about. Does he want to shoot three for 17? Was that frustrating him at some point in the game? I'm sure it was. He wanted to play better than that. But 
he showed you why now he is an all-league player because there is another way to beat you. If you want to overload on me, on my drives, on my spins, on my post-ups, on my mid-range, you want to come with an extra guy and I'm not shooting well, I will pick you apart with my passing. He couldn't have done that a year ago. So that, to me, is the evolution of a player. He's got counters with his dribble, and he finds guys now when he sees the defense playing that way. And I love the answer, man. We won. What else matters? And that's what Jay had to tell me this morning because I asked, you know, I'm, I'm a guy. You know, I'm a fan. I play basketball, but I'm a fan. So I'm, first thing I think is I tell Jay and Max yesterday, I say, you know, prior to this game, it starts. You, I want to know how Poole plays, Jason Tatum plays, guys that have never been there before. So I'm watching the game last night like everybody else. And I, and I think at the time he was two for 12 or something weird like that. And I'm like, damn, he's playing bad. So I asked Jay how bad was he really playing, and Jay explained it just like you did. He said he's got all these other things that he's contributing to. Defense. The defensive yeah. side, assists, setting things up, taking two unnecessarily. That's the important part of players that are great in leagues is when you can do things to help your team win outside of what everybody think, which is scoring touchdowns, scoring buckets. That's how you win games. And, Legs, most importantly, though, 13 assists, but the stat that nobody's talking about that's way more important than the 13 assists, two turnovers. Yeah. Two. And, and Jason Tatum has shown the ability to turn a ball over the last couple of series by being a little bit loose. So that assist-to-turnover ratio is a pretty massive thing. I love that. And I also love go back and take a look at, like, the last seven minutes of the game and look who the primary defender was. A lot of possessions on Steph Curry, Jason Tatum. And they had switches. Jason Tatum, man setting the screen, no problem, jumping out, switching out. I'm 6'8", I take this hmm. seriously. Even going back to the Brooklyn series, he's facing a guy that Kevin Durant's probably one of his idols, and now he's playing him, right? And I used to think LeBron – I mean, uh, KD was too deferential to LeBron at times, right, looking at this guy that he looked up to. I felt, was Tatum going to feel that way? Every trip, he's looking him dead in the eye. Like, I'm going to guard you, and on the other end, I'm going to do gonna my thing, too. give you the business. Completely. Yeah. And that's just an evolution of a player. So there were other, so many aspects of the game last night that he had his hands on. And used to be a year ago, we'd look at that three for 17, and that's how we were judging Jason Tatum. And that's just not the case anymore. Now, are those guys going to bury shots to that extent if he has another rough shooting night? If we'll Trey's see. playing five feet off of, uh, of uh, Horford, maybe. Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us in studio and Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. So here's a big deal going on around this little studio right now. So Steph Curry had a great first quarter. Hadn't played great. We got about 30 seconds. What is his issue late in games in I, the finals? I think for me, first of all, they had some massive communication issues at the beginning of the game, Boston. I mean, they let him walk into a one. They had two miscommunications on switches. Wide open. So they, they corrected that. They got long on him in physical, and I actually think he looked kind of tired to me the last six minutes. Tired I just legs. thought he was a little bit gassed. I guess, you know, that's a tough defense to go up against, and he wasn't getting any relief from his other guys, Clay and Jordan Poole in particular. So he starts to press a little bit, force the issue against that length. That's a difficult thing. Legs just uh, encapsulated everything we've been talking about for the last couple hours in one sentence. All right, we're right back, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.